Welcome to Merchman Seeds Cup of Joe. On this episode, Ben shares trade chart information from Texas A&M. Check it out in the description of this episode. We share an experiment with our wheat to track how fast wheat grows in a day-to-day scenario. Hear about our soybean selection process and the steps we take to bring you the highest yielding soybean products on the market. Hi, this is Joe Mershman. Welcome to Mershman Seeds Cup of Joe. Today we have our regulars, Ben, Lynn, and Turk, and uh, we're going to start discussion with Ben. He's got some interesting uh, information here. Yep. Um, the Texas A&M University releases a handy BT trait chart for corn every year. So they just released the, uh, the, the, the January 2024 version of this. And all that you have to do is give it a quick Google, but it's a nice chart on... Um, it gives all the information in one spot if you want to compare trait to trait to trait to trait to trait because some guys will be planting a Corteva style product and they're like, well, I'm planting a, a double pro, but it's a, it's a Corteva. Well, it's not really a double pro. It's probably an acre max something. And some guys are curious on which products have Liberty versus Roundup. And this trait basically walks through the proteins, which from a farmer standpoint, isn't necessarily super important on which each one of the packages have, but it gives you the insecticides that are, or the insects that are controlled through the proteins that are in there. It gives you the insects that potentially have resistance to those proteins um, in each one of the trait packages. And it also gives you the herbicide tolerances. So this is an updated version from last year. I don't think last year's version would have had Enlist for our new power core, uh, Mershman Seeds Power Core Enlist corn. Um, and that talks about having the 2,4-D and the FOPs from that Enlist trait on our on our Mershman Seeds Power Core Enlist corn. So handy trait table, um, take it a look over, you know, it talks about uh, the different insects that it will give you uh, ratings on, or at least suppression or versus control on is black cutworm, corn earworm, corn rootworm, European corn borer, fall armyworm, northern corn rootworm, stock borer, sugarcane borer, southwestern corn borer, true armyworm, western bean cutworm, and western corn rootworm. So, yeah, and, and I think what you're going to see is that for above ground, uh, the power corn list is a pretty, pretty good product. Absolutely. And so and when you compare it to some of the others, and we still have good supplies of uh, Enlist PowerCore uh, Mershman corn. And don't forget, uh, if we make a substitution, which we won't, but if we do, it's free. So uh, we're the only company I know out there that's doing that. And if, uh, if you bought Brand X seed corn and they're trying to push on one of their seconds, uh, Cancel it and come see us because uh, we still have uh, cash discounts in effect yet. You can jump right on board and get the best hybrid that's out there right now. Yep. Actually, it's funny. I was sent you guys all a, a text message this morning on one of the the, the, the Facebook forums. I was scrolling through this morning. There were guys questioning why we had such a phenomenal crop year last year, and uh, they're they're still getting their their products uh, substituted. So it's out there. It's happening right now. So take advantage of our number one product rather than switching out for somebody else's so yeah and you don't have to take it i mean that's it's your you know it's your money you're, you worked hard for it get what you want we have a very very a robust uh, lineup of of hybrids and and high yielders so i mean we spent a lot of time to make sure they're right right the next thing that i had for this week is uh i had dylan go out to our we have a lot of wheat this year at, at mershman's uh some of it's planted as a cover crop, some of it's planted on our own acres up here uh, just as, as, as a commercial crop. And then we have some uh, 
um, new varieties that we're testing for the the hyper earlies on on some others. So wheat is a big focus for us this year. Well, Ben, you know, he, he's talking 110 acres. Right, well. <laughs> But for us, that's that's all in. That's yeah. every every acre. That's uh, they have a hundred acres around their fertilizer plant that my brother Henry manages and runs. Uh, and then we have ten acres here in West Point. But uh, yeah, so we're we're hundred percent wheat. We actually don't have to get the planter out this spring if we don't want to. Well, we got the test plot. We got to plant. That's but, right. We got to plant the test plot. Right. But so we're, we're we're focusing on the wheat and we're 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 paying attention. So I had Dylan go ahead and spray paint wheat because our wheat here in southeast Iowa had enough of snow cover that um, it wasn't um, subjected to the. The, the, the cold, cold snaps that would have caused the wheat to turn brown. So we have quite a few customers that are asking, you know, when do I put my nitrogen on? Because it's really hard to tell when the green up is. So I had him go on the 12th of February spray paint. If you guys have seen this, um, some guys do it in corn to show how fast corn actually grows in a day-to-day-to-day um, um, scenario. So I had Dylan spray paint wheat. He spray painted it on the 12th of February, went back and looked at it three or four days later, didn't see anything, kind of kept an eye on it. And he took some pictures and sent me some pictures on the 23rd, on the day of filming here. And uh, we'll throw this picture up here. And this is the amount of growth that we've had in 11 days. So the wheat is actively growing. We have some really, really nice temperatures that are coming up. I would say that if it is fit um, from a soil moisture standpoint, if you can get equipment across the uh, if you can get equipment across the fields without rutting stuff up and, and doing damage to the wheat from a from a compaction, you know, ruining ruining the, the soil structure standpoint, I, I would say it's it's not going to hurt anything to go ahead and put your put your nitrogen on. I'm going to caveat that. It also depends on how soon that you planted. So a really really good um, a really good episode to watch would be the Phil Needham episode that we had probably four or five, six yep. weeks ago. And he talks about how important it is to time your nitrogen placement based on the amount of tillers that you have coming into green up time frame. So, and that's what nitrogen does. It encourages those, that tillering. So right. it's very critical that you have it in there when you have uh, cell division going on at a rapid rate. You got to feed it and, and you know, Every tiller's worth a bushel of wheat, uh, roughly. Right, but if we have too many tillers and we overstimulate that plant, we're going to have um, lodging issues and and things to, that can negatively impact wheat the other direction. So, and, and there's some things you can do to control that too. Right, and I don't have the numbers sitting here in front of me on how many tillers he used. Tillers per yards. I like to do tillers per square foot or tillers per foot of row because it's easier to do that measurement. It doesn't take near as much time counting, but. Um, Go back and watch that episode, figure out where your tiller count is, and, uh, and and go accordingly. So those are the two things that I was thinking about this week. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to uh, talk a little bit about uh, with our you know our growers and customers and even some of the folks that uh, maybe watch from, uh, from town. We're at a point in our season where we are, are doing our plan for next year for the guys to put that seed in the dirt. So I just wanted a quick Q and A with uh, with you and Joe and and kind of ask some questions on from a from a fifty thousand foot view of what goes into the Mershman Seed Seed Production Plan. Uh, you know, as we're going into uh, the the 2023-2024 sales and planting season. But from your perspective, from from your end though, you're not operating necessarily in the same time frame that we are from a from a farmer and a, a sales standpoint. So, what's the fifty thousand foot view of uh, of the the life of Ben Peeper, the product manager, during this time of the year? 
Yeah, so like you're exactly correct. We are in the 23-24 the, the, the crop planning season and uh, what we're, where I'm at right now is I'm working on 24-25 and 25-26. So um, we have this unique, and we've talked about it on a couple of Joe before, but we have this unique position at Mershman Seeds with our uh, connection to MS Technologies. Um, I get to see all of our updated scores and rankings, and you'll see those if, if anybody on the other side of the camera wants to uh, know where our disease scores are and where our, our, our products that we have in the lineup now, how they rate against all the brand new products from win percentages. We have all of that stuff that's now updated because we, we give all that information to our seed growers on where the win percentages are at, where the sudden death scores are at, where the brown stem rot, you know, white mold, IDC, all of those scores have been updated. And uh, we're, we're, we're looking at all of that hard data from, from MS Tech and some products, you know, we have better products. You have to have a better product that takes place of the, the, the previous product. So let's, let's just take a real example. Um, our 2023 Chippewas are a phenomenal product. They, the past two years have done absolutely wonderful things in, um, in test plots and out in field scenarios. So just as guys are getting comfortable with it, just as we're seeing sales of the 2023 or the, the 20, the 2323 E Chippewas, um, we're going to have a new product in place for sales for next year. That guys will be able to plant the following year. And, and the reason for that is, is this new Chippewa is three to 4% higher yielding. Plus it's got a peaking option. So that's just one example of how the lineup works. You know, if there's a product in that general uh, maturity range, it's got to be higher yielding. It's got to have at least as good of a disease package, if not better. Um, you know, we were, we're constantly looking for products that have a wide footprint for guys and um, have the ability to move on wide percentages of acres. And they're not niche style products because we want guys to be able to plant these products and you know, Northeast Iowa and Northeast, you know, Indiana. So um, that's just one kind of example on, on, on what we're looking for. We're also looking for, I know I have a hot spot in Southwest Minnesota, Northwest Iowa, where IDC is, is, is a big problem. So that's, that's something that I've looked for this year. And we have a new 2.1 that is probably one of the best IDC products in the, the nation for that general maturity. So um, we're, we're just constantly looking for products that are five to six percent better than what we're currently working with right now and um, disease packages and fits and, and and that's you know that's that's where we're at and we're we're the cement is poured it's not cured for what 25 26 looks like but it is we're, we're getting very firm on that so yeah we're placing our bets you know basically i mean it, theoretically ben could write your order for 24 24 25 and 25 26 right now based on the bets that we're placing on, on these new products now obviously we'll get another year of data and all and uh, make those comparisons but literally we we know what what's what we're going to be doing for the next two years so we're placing our bets by that I mean we're investing in production and it some of this takes time just because you got a small amount of seed and it takes an extra year to, to build it up to the quantities that we need to massively uh, market it but uh, just just in general it's a very very uh, time-consuming process for Ben he looks at computer screens for many days and he's out in the field looking at some of these beans uh, in the summer and the fall so you know it's very it's a fun process too 
because um, of the fact that um, you know every, you always see these better products here, always something better. So kind of a little bit like the hot dog in front of the uh, the the dog that's pulling the cart. You know, you're always chasing that next better product, and and we've got some really really good products. And the nice thing about it is the MS Tech breeding program is so massive now that we're getting many many options now in each maturity. So even to the point where it's kind of hard to pick which one's the best. And, and, that, and that's a good problem to have because I may have four or five different options in an early, early group too, that, you know, we just tweak one direction or another. You know, is it a standability thing that we're looking for? Is it a disease score that we're looking for? Is it, is it a, a different sister line compared to something that we've had in the past or a similar sister line that we've had in the past? Because like our McKinley has a very, very common lineage to to some of the products that we're, we're we're moving forward with for the 25 26 year and it's it's just very interesting so and it makes you uh a little more confident in your pick because we you kind of know the pedigree right it'd be you know maybe a little bit similar to you know either racehorses or buck and bulls or whatever your your mm-hmm. vice is that if you know the pedigree you kind of somewhat know what the prod prodigy or progeny will will come out to be right Right. I guess one of the other things that we're, that we're always doing, and it, it's no, no different from this year, we have our staples. We have our staples in the Cheyenne. We have our staple in the Kennedy. We have our staple in the Austin. We have our staple, you know, we, we, we have those products yep. that are our are, are top selling products in each maturity. And we are constantly bringing products in. We're raising 80 acres of probably 15 to 20 different products a year, and they may only be three or 4% better. In, in, in the year of testing that I'm looking at, than what we have, but the two-year testing, it may fall off. So I'm looking for consistency as well. So I've probably had three O's since we launched the Cheyennes, and I haven't moved forward with any of those because our Cheyenne is our, our stable product. We've never had a complaint on the Cheyenne, which is amazing to have a product that we sell that many acres of and nobody's ever called me and been disappointed with that product. I know I have to have a rock star to, to, to replace that product. And right now I have two if not three of them that we're raising this year and two out of the three are peak kings for the 25-26 season that are coming out of south america so really really exciting joe's right it does take a lot of time but we're constantly hedging our bets because we know we have to have stability we know we have to have yield and we know that the the grower has to be satisfied because we can't have any missteps because there's other companies out there in the industry that says this is our brand new bean this is the best thing in the world you got to plant it from what i can see about 35 percent of the time that's a that's a mistake so yeah and most of the other companies out there that sell enlist soybeans are lagging us in my opinion and and so we're we're on the front edge uh bringing new products and, and that's an advantage to you by dealing with merchman seeds and the other thing the advantage you have is you tell your salesperson or you call ben directly and you say hey i've got this problem we can actually look at look at the uh the entire list and and, and pinpoint that product uh, because if that's a problem for you, it's a problem maybe regionally, and then we can work regionally. We don't have to work on a national focus like some companies. There are a lot of companies out there, the big, bigger they are, the more likely they are to work on a national focus. In other words, they got to have something that works in Nebraska all the way to Pennsylvania, and that and not, may not be the best for Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, Kansas, you know. So that that is something that you have the advantage of working with a regional company as opposed to a national company 
I think something that stood out to uh, to me when you and I were having a conversation last week about uh, you know getting seed production all done. When you're looking at uh, the information that's provided to you on on all the different uh, varieties that out, that's out there, that that spreadsheet was over two thousand, and you know we we don't obviously offer two thousand, right? And we don't even offer what are we at point oh one oh one percent of of what that total portfolio might be. So what? What the information that's out there to digest is a is very very large, but b to Joe's point that 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 breeding program is um, pr- prolific to say the say the least. So when when a new product comes in, um, it, it passes almost a what would you call it a double blind not a double blind but a double uh, uh, hurdle jump to to get in our portfolio and and everything that we've done from a company standpoint and uh, a. I guess background check of the varieties that it's done in mind that we will not have any false steps moving forward to, to your point that anything that's coming out of the Mershman stable is going to be proven and uh, don't have any fears of you know your favorite product uh, you know a 3-3 uh, got got demoted um, the next one has been proven and will take off and uh, will be very very high yielding for you and uh, have taken a level of uh, uncertainty out of seed, seed placement and uh, uh, seed picking, I guess, for lack of better terms. And, you know, you can shop around, but bottom line is nobody's better than us. Nobody. I mean, that's a fact. Perfect. What else you got, Lynn? We, we, we didn't do the update on the dicamba. Last, yeah. Last week we did the, the planter episode, so and that, that was the week that the dicamba decision come out on, on how EPA was going to move forward with the existing inventories of the dicamba products that are out there. So, um, b- bottom line is they, they've just extended the label for whatever the current labels are until, uh, what was the cutoff date on that? Uh, well, on it's, it's, soybeans, it's whatever yeah, the label is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the spray date. So yeah. Spray date, so yeah. the last day of yeah. spraying. So, the, the only caveat to that is is that, Joe, I think you yeah, were we, picking up some... Yeah, we picked up, so basically anything that's in distribution, so it's either at the dealer level or the distributor, but not to manufacture. If it's, if it's in that area that dicamba can go out to the farmer, farmer can plant, use it, spray it. However, we did pick up that some insurance companies may not cover the farmer for potential liability if some kind of mistake is made for, when spraying dicamba. So if you are a sprayer of dicamba, you might want to check with your uh, insurance provider for your liability insurance and make sh- see where your coverage exists uh, because the label the, technically there is no label it's just allowing inventory to be used up yeah that's that's in place in place yeah so that and that would apply to, uh, to retailers as well Spran. yeah so yeah so we don't know that we just heard it passing it on to you yeah only other thing that um, I got is we got some pretty nice weather coming up here there's some there's some tillage work going on um, in February, and um, that's uh, kind of unusual, but if but it's but it's happening. So it looks like we're on pace for uh, to have an early spring, and so make sure that you got your seed in place, and uh, we're ready to go because it. I think it's going to be early. Yeah, with all the tillage last fall, and then another opportunity through the middle of the winter. Yeah, it's going to be early. So uh, you. You know, we might be planting in April. Hard to say. Early April. It's 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 very likely. We have an early Easter this year too. So yeah, all the uh, the anecdotes are are lining up. I guess for from that standpoint. 
I don't think we'll be planting on Easter this year. You don't think so? Yeah, yeah. we were planting on Easter last year. I don't think we're going to be doing no? this yeah. year. March a, 31st this yeah. year? Yeah. 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 I don't think we're going to be rocking and rolling. We'll be thinking about it, though. <laughs> I bet you'll be planting on Easter. Oh. So, we'll see what the weather looks like. Yep. Well, Monday or Tuesday, you're going to want to plant because it's going to be nice. <laughs> but maybe not. <laughs> Anyhow, let's get back to the, uh, the corny jokes and end this session here. So, uh, all right, I got three of them. I think one of them might be recycled, but I'll let you, if, you watch, if you're an avid uh, watcher of Cup of Joe, you tell me. What do you call a surgeon with eight arms? What do you call a surgeon with eight arms? A doctopus. Doctopus. Mm, doctopus. Yeah. Doctopus. Let's spider. Where are we going <laughs> with this one? Oh, yeah. This one here might have been recycled here. Okay. How do you shoot a killer bee? How do you shoot a killer bee? With a BB gun. BB mm. gun. Okay. Now, this one here, this is pretty important to know. Why should you never trust a pig with a secret? Why should you never trust a pig with a secret? Because it's bound to squeal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I thought that one was pretty good. <laughs> Ben's choked up on it. <laughs> the cured in pneumonia. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Anyhow. Thanks for watching today. We hope that we brought you some good information and uh, we hope your family is safe and healthy. We'll see you next week. <laughs>